Welcome to the Unapologetic Experience. I'm your host, Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek. And today we're going to cover a lot of stuff. Uh, I have a pretty big discussion or lengthy discussion coming up with uh, Sergio from the Reality Breach and Shellheads podcast, a part of the Reality Breach podcasting network. Uh, He's going to talk to me about week three of NFL action and Pretty sure he's going to have some serious hot takes to go along with uh, all the chaos that's been going on in the NFL lately. Uh, I also will be talking about uh, some video games here and there and a couple other things. But first, man, I got to talk about Takashi. Takashi 69. It's hilarious. It's, it's one of those situations. Um, now, it's not funny because, I mean, he has to look over his shoulder for the rest of his life. But it is a perfect example of how uh, if you can't do the crime, or if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Uh, and it's an old adage we've all heard growing up. But it, it's particularly funny here because as AD from uh, the Off Topic podcast, as he puts it, I mean, if just look at all these rappers, they're all in one form or another fabricated. Like, their lives are fabricated in some shape, form, or fashion. I'm not saying that, you know, some of the great rappers who rap about drugs didn't actually deal drugs. But I am saying some of this shit is a lie. And that's something that AD, you know, said to me who was on our last episode. Shout out to AD. Shout out to the Off Topic Podcast, Black Excellence and Ignorance. But it's just funny, man. And then, like, it's not... The fact that he's snitching, that's the crazy part to me. It's the fact that he's snitching about shit that he wasn't even asked about that's hilarious to me, man. Like, how did Jim Jones get off in this? They had a recorded phone call with Jim Jones saying um, somebody got to violate Shorty. And apparently that was in reference to Takashi 69 And then uh, he says that Cardi B is a part of the Treyway Bloods and she had to come out and say what uh, gang that may be engaged in illegal activity that she was actually a part of, which is also hilarious. Uh, but it's a saga that really won't go away, and it's given us some great memes. My favorite meme right now is the one uh, where he goes on the big screen in um, Times Square and reveals that Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and then Spider-Man has that look like, holy shit. Uh, that's the best one to me, but someone <laughs> someone took an excerpt of uh, something that uh, O.J. Simpson said, and I think he was talking about his fantasy team. But uh, it says something like uh, O.J. saying, fuck Takashi 6 9 and in the video he's saying, I'm 2 and oh right now. And I tried not to laugh. I did my best not to laugh, but I, I couldn't help it. It was freaking hilarious. But yeah, Takashi 69, it's a saga that's insane. Then you find out that uh his limo driver is also testifying. Uh, and then apparently some court documents came out citing Jim Jones, uh the rapper Jim Jones, who Takashi snitched on as possibly being an FBI informant himself. So it's a, a crazy saga. It has so many winding roads, and it's just it's petty and funny to me. It just is. So let's talk about the Emmys. Um, the Emmys came and went. 
Game of Thrones won yet again for best uh, or outstanding drama series. Uh, when They See Us was nominated for a ton of awards. I still haven't seen it, but I do want to take this time out to shout out um, the winner for, I believe it was Best Supporting Actor in a drama or miniseries, a movie or miniseries. No, it's the best actor in a movie or miniseries, and that was Jarrell Jerome. Uh, he won for In They See Us, the movie about the Central Park Five, or the miniseries about the Central Park Five directed by Ava DuVernay. Um, and it was it was pretty epic. Like When they made the announcement, he got a hell of an ovation. Uh, his speech was awesome, and I'm really happy for him. But truth be told, I'm even more happy for Billy Porter. Billy Porter is an awesome actor to me. Uh, I was first exposed to um, to his acting and you know his his outlandishness <laughs> in American Horror Story season eight. Yeah, it was season eight uh, in which uh, season one and see really all of the American Horror Stories in one way or another kind of converged in that season. And he played a warlock, and he was fucking awesome. Um, to the point where when he was nominated for the Emmy last year, which was 2018, I I didn't know anything that he was from. I just knew um, he was, well, I knew he was from American Horror Story, of course. And I kind of assumed that's why he was nominated. I had never seen Pose. And so seeing him act on there and hearing uh, from a former co-worker at the time that he was an awesome actress on the other show, Pose, I was like, okay, cool. So one day, my wife and I, we were pretty bored. We were looking for something to put on TV. And uh, we saw Pose and we checked it out. And it didn't bother me. I'm comfortable with my sexuality, so yeah. But um, Pose is about like uh, trans people during the, I want to say the 80s, maybe maybe in the 90s, I'm not sure what the, I think the first season is in the 80s, I think the new season is in the 90s, uh, but it's about their struggles, um, how they're dealing with the AIDS, uh, how they dealt with the AIDS uh, epidemic at the time, and just, you know, oppression and, and all of that kind of stuff, and it's a really good show. Uh and Billy Porter is a cornerstone character or cornerstone actor in that show, uh, but his character's name is Pray Tell. And anybody who has seen this show will tell you Pray Tell has all of the best lines. He has all of the best moments in this show. He is fucking hilarious on that show. And at the same time, as much as he can give you that fun and that laughter, he can give you some good dramatic parts and it's a lot of people I know uh, one guy one of my good friends he told me man y'all gonna look at me crazy but I watch Pose I was like holy shit I watch Pose too and it's not so much you know I mean I, people have their own phobias and, and maybe latent homophobia when it comes to, to seeing those kind of um, scenes and characters portrayed on screen uh, but if you're looking for a good story and just good heartfelt acting, you will find very few shows as good as Pose that is out right now. And when I found out last night that that was his first Emmy, 
I'm like, bro, I was shocked because his acting in in Pose is just phenomenal. And it's one of those things where, you know, when I thought of, thought back on it, there was no way he was never going to win this award. At some point, he was going to win it, whether it was for season two or season three. Billy Porter was going to walk away um, with uh, Emmy. And it's to my understanding that uh, he is one award away from uh, the EGOT. Apparently, he won a Grammy. He's won a Emmy now. And he's won a Tony Award uh, for his time on stage. And uh, it's to my understanding the Oscar is the only one that's left. And I can completely see him getting that so yet again congratulations to billy porter on your win you're phenomenal uh, he actually had to beat out mahershala ali i mean not mahershala ali i'm sorry this jerry jerome that beat out mahershala ali uh billy porter if i can find it real quick because uh, it's to my understanding that his competition was uh pretty stiff as well oh maybe it wasn't Oh, yeah. No, it's not. Okay. I can't find it. Oh, yep, I found it. For the best drama actor, he went against Jason Bateman, who I'm a big fan of, for, or it's Ozark. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, who, he, he's always fucking awesome. He's actually won this award in the past for This Is Us. I think he's the one who beat Billy Porter last year. Uh, Kit Harrington, I'm a fan of his uh, in Game of Thrones. Uh, Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul. And uh, Milo Vitamiglia for This Is Us. And Billy Porter stood out, and he got the win, and he got the Emmy, and I mean, it's, it's fucking awesome. If you've never seen Pose, definitely check that show out. It's really good. Um, and so, in other news, as far as reboots are concerned, Jared Peladecki, I think I'm saying that correctly, of uh, Supernatural and Gilmore Girls fame will be playing Walker, Texas Ranger in a upcoming reboot. Uh, as everyone knows or may remember, Walker, Texas Ranger was a very popular 90s television show starring Chuck Norris as a titular character. And it was fucking awesome. It was like if Roadhouse was a television show, a really good television show. And Chuck Norris just... One of my favorite things he ever did was when he did that drop kick into a, a moving vehicle. And any human being, that would have just shattered their legs. But not fucking Chuck Norris, no. He kicked the shit out of that window, and he got out and handed people some L's. It is awesome. I think with some updated writing, it may be um, kind of like another popular show set in a, you know, like the country or country setting uh, justified and if the writing is as good as justified with the exceptional acting of Jared I think they can do something really special I'm looking forward to that I'm just getting nostalgic memories just thinking about it I'm going to be locked and loaded for that shit I can't wait uh, and kind of leading into our NFL discussion that's coming up I'm not quite certain if uh Sergio is going to be down to talk about it, but I'll speak a little bit on it here. Uh, Antonio Brown got cut from the Patriots. Patriots said they had enough of his shit, and he's out. 
Uh, the, apparently, the last straw wasn't even the allegations. It was his response to the allegations. So, uh, long story short, what he did was uh, there was another young lady who came out who uh, did a painting for Antonio Brown, and she accused him of uh, coming up behind her while she was painting and being behind her with butt naked uh, with his penis inside of a like a towel, I guess a hand towel or something like that. And, you know, she didn't give in to his advances or react, I guess, the way he thought she should have. And uh, he ended up firing her, allegedly. And she just told her story to Sports Illustrated, but she wasn't seeking any money or anything like that, any monetary damages. Um, And apparently this when this got back to Antonio Brown after I guess he heard about the story he sent a group text with a couple of his friends or associates and she was included and he was basically saying he wanted research on her and background information while she's in the group text and um his lawyer was actually a part of the group text as well and he sent pictures of her children you know to the group text and she sent it to her lawyer. Her lawyer sent it to the NFL and the Patriots and told them to do the right thing and make a decision. And the Patriots did just that. They made a decision. I don't think the Patriots cut him so much uh, for the allegations or the other allegations that he has uh, going on right now. I think he was cut because he can't stop. He just can't keep himself out of trouble. He just can't lay low. It was the texting her in a group text with her friends, associates, and lawyers that did it. And the lawyer did not respond to the group text. And clearly he was caught by surprise, I believe. And, I mean, Antonio Bryant just doesn't appear to be capable of listening to anybody. Um, And, I mean, it's unfortunate. He's such a great talent. Uh, And the Patriots let him go. Shit, they let them go on a Friday before a big game. Like, if they're going to let you go, it's going to be during the week. But, no, they let them go on a Friday. And on Sunday, he just uh, sent out a series of tweets just basically saying, Robert Kraft and, and everybody else, you know, sweep in front of your own door before you talk about me and what's going on in mine. He spotlighted Big Ben's uh, private uh, prior situations and allegations and everything, uh, which I've always, I've never liked Big Ben anyway, and that was a big part of it. Uh, then he brought Shannon Sharp into it and said Shannon Sharp had to quit CBS amid uh, allegations, but Shannon Sharp beat his situation, and I believe the woman came out and said she was lying about it. Uh, so, I think this is it. I don't think Antonio Brown plays another down in the NFL, um, and I He's basically saying he's never going to play in the NFL again. He's actually enrolled in school, and that's it. That's it. The saga of Antonio Brown as of now is over, uh, but uh, we'll probably hear a little bit more about him during the NFL's 100 season. And with that being said, let's get ready to get to our main discussion, which is going to be about uh, the NFL Week 3. After this important message... Uh, I'll be back with Sergio. Keep it locked right here on the Unapologetic Experience. See you in a few. People want good content. People want to feel good. 
people want to feel uplifted and empowered, informed and protected, black and proud, black and unapologetic, black and joyful, black and free. We can and do play a major role in turning those desires into realities. At Black With No Chaser, black joy is found here. Think black, live black, unapologetically. Welcome back to the Unapologetic Experience. I am now joined by Sergio from the Reality Breach Podcast and the Shellheads Podcast, which I I love that commercial you gave me, by the way. Oh, thanks. Dude, it, it's a it's a solid commercial. It sounds like a real commercial. Which is which is always a positive thing. Like and I'm telling other people to start commercials. And the one I'm looking forward to the most is Roberts. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am I, so like I, there, I would put money on it being completely like unrecognizable as a commercial. <laughs> it's gonna sound like a bit or something, man. I cannot wait for him. Shout out to Robert and Justin and Dante over at uh, the Black Pocket Podcast. Love those guys. Can't wait to work with them again. Uh, but yeah, I have you here. Which is not a consolation prize the way I just made it sound, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it works out. And we are here to talk about week three of the NFL. It's only been three weeks, and the season has been ridiculous. From all the crazy storylines to these incredible performances by young quarterbacks to an appearance of... Uh, Mortality with the older quarterbacks, which I find interesting, and we'll start there. How does it feel to be a Saints fan and see Drew Brees go down for the first time in a, in a millennium? It feels like. <laughs> Actually, I, you, you might be right. Um, at the time, it was it, it was jarring, obviously. Right. Uh, I luckily it happened in a game I didn't think we we're going to win anyway. That so, works. So, so, so it's not like it was, oh, no, we're screwed. It was, let's just wait it out. You know, he's, he's kind of Iron Drew. Like, he, he's, he doesn't miss games. This is really the first time he's ever been injured in any kind of significant way, other than the arm thing that didn't really keep him out of any games. And, yeah. and after week three and after seeing Teddy Bridgewater not be terrible, because <laughs> like, that's definitely positive. Yeah, yeah. Like after last week, I was I was bummed. This this time, I kind of I don't want to say I saw it coming, but I knew that he was due. Yeah, and that's that actually uh, didn't we speak about um, on your show about LeBron James, and I said something to that effect, like. He's due for an injury. I wasn't wishing yeah. for him to, to go down for like a long time, but when you're that durable, father time catches up with you at some point. And you just yeah, do. Yeah, like if, if you're going to steal Drew Brees from me for seven weeks, d- great, fine, do it. Just don't 
like don't have him tear an ACL or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's the that's the injury you want. You don't want anything that's career ending or career defining. If he's gonna go down, you want to get him back. And just looking ahead at you guys' schedule, um, you'll have the Cowboys next, then yeah. the Bucks, uh, the Jags, the Bears, and then the Cardinals. And what they're saying, uh, uh, they want Drew back, what, for week 10 right after the bye, I'm thinking? I think so. I think so. We, we, yes. And, and uh, uh, most of those games are very winnable with Teddy Bridgewater. Definitely. Uh, the Buccaneers, I, I penciled that one in because they're trash. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the Jaguars, the Sasquatch that is, what's his name, uh, Milshoot? Gardner uh, Minshew. Gardner Minshew. What Brandon f- Mississippi's own. Gardner what the Minshew. fuck is that? <laughs> like I fucking love that guy. <laughs> he, he is an urban legend. He is like he's the Chuck Norris of the NFL. All of a sudden, and he's you gonna, start <laughs> going. He's going to Nick Foles. Nick Foles. <laughs> yeah. He's going to yeah. Big Dick Nick. Big Dick Nick. <laughs> Dude, if if he can pull off turn it around the Jaguar season and somehow get Jalen Ramsey to be like, huh, I might stay in this motherfucker. It would be hilarious. <laughs> like he's, he's not even overwhelmingly awesome. He's Nick Foles awesome where he's getting it done. Yeah. And I, I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, and then the Bears, that's winnable because Mitch Trubisky is not going to be great within <laughs> these next few weeks. And the Cardinals have no offensive line to save Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray, and I'm not wishing ill on him, but he may not even play in that game the way he's getting hit. (laughs) (laughs) Just being honest. He's been sacked like 16 times in three weeks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the Saints' uh, defensive line is harsh. Right, right. They rip him in half. So I got you guys over the next five weeks – I, I'm comfortable saying three and two with the only in these three questionable games. Um, no, two questionable games. I think the Cowboys are going to beat you all. No offense, but I, I do. I do. Um, I, 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 mm, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You gonna like push the, on that one? The, the planets are gonna align. I think this, <laughs> this weekend, where like the Cowboys are coming off of three huge victories mm-hmm. against shit teams. That's true. And the Saints are still on we have something to prove like yeah. setting. So yeah. like that those two things may hit each other and the Saints may end up coming out of it with a victory. Okay. Uh you're definitely gonna beat the Bucks. You're definitely gonna beat the Bears. If no, the Bears I'm giving a fifty fifty chance. The Jags like a Gardner, I don't fucking know anymore. And I thought I did, but I just don't know anymore. You're definitely gonna beat the Buccaneers and the Cardinals. So with that, you would be what five and three Something when like Drew that. came back. Yeah, so I mean, and the rest of the schedule is a lot of division games and the Colts and the Titans and the San Francisco 49ers. So, I mean, you're still in good position, especially if Drew comes back being Drew. So, you should be fine, you should weather that storm as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not nearly as uh. Worried as I was after that first, after that first game. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into breaking all the games down, I just want uh, your insight real quick. I've already spoken on 
Antonio Brown, hopefully for the last time earlier in the episode. But I just wanted to get your take after he was uh, unceremoniously cut from the New England Patriots uh, in preparation for the Week 3 games. What do you think? Did anyone not see this coming? Yeah. Like, yeah, no. I, it, I, 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 it was 50-50. don't put up with that bullshit. They just don't. It was 50-50 because look at Corey Dillon. Look at uh, Randy Moss for two years. They got the best out of those guys who were historically behaviorally challenged people. And I'm like, okay, this would have been um, this would have been Bill Belichick's greatest victory to me. Does Getting, he need any more victories? Uh, no, no, he doesn't. But I'm just saying, if he would have been able to, and I'm talking about as far as player development, if he would have been able to get him to shut the fuck up, that would have been impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it just would have been the flat out. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Like, what did you think when you heard it? Is that were you just not surprised at all, or? Yeah, I was I was not surprised at all, especially after uh, hearing that he sent the those threatening yeah. uh, like messages. To, I was like, "Come on, man!" Yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. It was he's he's, he's going to be the biggest star of the XFL in about six months. Oh, that's the part I forgot in my opening. Yes, he <laughs> he is XFL bow, and he's going to be the goat walking walking into into the uh, arena but what would be crazy is if something happens and like he jams his big toe and he's out for half of the season in the ASFL he's gonna freeze his big toe what are you talking about <laughs> that dude that dude is hilarious man but <laughs> he is because he's he's unbelievable like what kind of person is Antonio Brown and as far as the allegations are concerned, we don't really have to get into that. But he's definitely a nuisance. Like the the story when I read that uh, SI story, I believe most of that shit from from not paying people, you know, money for debts that he has mm-hmm. up until farting in the. Um, and I believe that before the video came out, but farting in the doctor's face, I believed all of that shit just from the get go. But come on, how do you text your your accuser <laughs> and then your like, friends are on the ticks like the, the the one thing that i'm i'm really impressed <laughs> with the Steelers <laughs> for for them to, to to keep him as a receiver for so long for and, so long and convince us he's not crazy it almost makes you think tom uh mike tomlin can keep his job just for that. that. If anything, that would be like the third or fourth thing on my resume. <laughs> if I was Tom Coughlin. Kept Antonio Brown from killing us all. That's, yes. that's the fourth thing. But <laughs> with that being said, hopefully we can move on from Antonio Brown uh, for the rest of the year. And, man, let's, let's talk about some games. Because okay. week three wasn't as crazy as the first couple weeks, but... There was a little bit of craziness in there. Uh, let's just start with the team that everybody has already given another Super Bowl ring to. Uh, the New England Patriots beat the lowly Jets, who I'm not even – did um, did Sam Donald play? No, he has mono. He still has mono. Okay, yeah, he's, still, he's still dying from a kiss. Who knows? They they literally don't know when he's going to come back. <laughs> he's gone. Could you imagine sitting out the whole year for that? 
there is a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous, but... Mono is going to be short for the number of games you played for this year. Exactly. That's One. it. Oh! Yet and still, with a score that says 30-14, to 14, you would think that the Jets' offense scored. No, New England nope. has not allowed an opposing offense to have a touchdown so far this season. Say what you want, yell their competition has been bullshit so far. That's uh-huh. impressive. That is an that impressive is, That is stat. impressive. Yeah. Um, I had them going to the Super Bowl with Antonio Brown. Now I can, I'm still okay with their pick because of how great their defense is playing. It, it's, yeah, it's something. Yeah. yeah it's like something. The, the, the only team in the AFC that has a chance against them is, is the, uh, the Chiefs. And the Chiefs will make it to the AFC playoff game, and Andy Reid will call a timeout at the wrong time and completely ruin their fourth quarter, and the Patriots <laughs> will walk away with a victory. Like, so, that's how this season ends. You think that's how it is for the Chiefs? Yes. Okay. Let's go right to that game then, because uh, I had quite the conversation with a couple of my friends, and this, this is my take. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens 33-28, to which was kind of the marquee game uh, for Week 3. It didn't live up to the hype because nobody can fucking stop Patrick Mahomes. That's true. That's it, true. I, it, like, I really like this Ravens team. And me too. Me too. They are. And then, I mean, in Lamar Jackson, he was having some issues. Like, that defense... That defense, of course, I mean, he still scored 33 points, but, you know, that kind of is a is-what-it-is situation. I mean, he scored 28 points. I'm sorry. That's a is-what-it-is situation. But that defense held him in check because that score is not indicative to how close that game was because it wasn't really close. I mean, no, they no. it was close starting out, and then Mahomes, you know, activated his game-breaker, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing otherworldly football right now. He was playing otherworldly football in the preseason, man. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares that much about the preseason and still throw no-look passes? Like, seriously. He is a video game, and as much as I want to say Andy Reid is going to blow this thing, because it's very well possible that he could, Mm -hmm. this is different. Can we agree on that? Yes. Yes, but and, and 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 we talked about injuries earlier in the, the, the this conversation. And as you said, I don't want to wish anything on anyone, mm-hmm. but Patrick Mahomes is having one of those seasons that oh you God. know is going to be interrupted. It makes you it makes you nervous. It's one of those it's, seasons where you're like, what could have been, right? Well, it could have exactly like like um like RG three before his yeah. his injury, yeah. like we. He was supposed to be what solved football. He was supposed to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And yeah. then he got injured and everything. All of history changes. I I hate what could have been stories. I do. Yeah. In sports, it's one of the most heartbreaking things in sports. Those what could have been scenarios. And I hope it doesn't happen to Patrick Mahomes, especially this year. Because they were my pick. Before the Patriots picked up Antonio Brown, I had the Chiefs and the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I did simply because I don't think Belichick will be able to deny Mahomes another year. 
But oh, I think he can. I absolutely think he can. So, and and here's my other my caveat to that: if he does deny him another year, this is the last one because next year, that's it. He has the game figured. <laughs> he has the game figured out. Everybody is is going to be playing in their third year with them, which of course makes everyone else more comfortable. They're probably going to draft even better offensive weapons around them during the offseason. The man is going to win the Super Bowl in Kansas City. I just can't see it not happening unless he has a catastrophic injury that changes his play style completely. But the raw talent, I think in a game he can throw it 70 yards and complete the pass. I do believe that. Okay, okay. I'm going to completely disagree with you and say barring some unforeseen circumstance on the Patriots, (laughs) <laughs> no one is beating them until until Tom uh-huh. Brady and or Bill Belichick retire. Period. You know what? You know what? I don't think is going to happen. That people kind of assume is going to happen. People think they're going to retire together, and I don't think that's going to be the case. I think oh, no. Bill Belichick is on a mission to prove he can win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, he like, just seems like that kind of guy. I auto I. I've been proven that the only good, the only good bet mm-hmm. is to assume they're going to be in the Super Bowl and will probably <laughs> win it unless some miracle happens. If you look at the laws of probability and you met that money at the beginning of the season, you won out more often than not. Yeah, yeah. Which is, that's crazy when you think about it. Like, who casually wins six Super Bowls in, what, two different decades? <laughs> Who does that? That and it won't be done again. I can't. I at least not in our lifetime. Until they win the seven. Yeah. Oh, that seven one. I mean, just give the just name the trophy after uh after Belichick. Just name it after him at that point, cause shit. It's like uh, it's like Nick Saban and Bear Bryant. Oh my God! If any Alabama fans are listening to this, whatever you know is true. Bear Bryant doesn't deserve to be in the same conversation with Nick Saban at this point. That's how great Nick Saban is. But anyway, I digress. Um, and I'm, I know we're going to come back in later on down the line and talk about some more Kansas City Chiefs stuff, so we're going to save the best for later. Okay. But let's go on to a team that's going to completely blow their opportunity to seize the division due to um, – Drew Brees being out. Let's talk about your favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons. Ha ha ha! The Falcons suck so bad. They suck so bad. It is so bad, dude. They may as well get twenty-eight to three stitched on their um, <laughs> stitched on their their uniforms because the Patriots definitely own them, and they own them because of that margin. Two two years later, the Falcons are still losing to the Patriots. They do not. Like the see. game is still going on. <laughs> they, they do not. They haven't been the same team since then. They've been yeah. wildly inconsistent since that year, and it has to be haunting. At least Matt Ryan that he didn't yeah. get it done. Because if you beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl and you beat them by that much, oh, you're a legend. You're a legend in Georgia forever. <laughs> Forever, and then you can you basically get to tell the uh, the Saints suck it in so many words because they can no longer hold their title over your head, really. But here we are, and they're losing to a team that doesn't that no longer has a Hall of Fame talent quarterback. 
what is going on here? Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand the Falcons collapse at all. It's at it's all. baffling. But who's the who's their coach? Like oh. I, there, there's like a there's a there's a there's a Vegas bet uh that, that you know you can bet on and that is first coach fired. You think it's gonna be him? I it wouldn't surprise me. Let me tell you who I think it's gonna be, and it's gonna get us straight to our next game. I think it's gonna be Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> It's gonna be Freddie Kitchens, man. He sucks. He sucks, man. And like, I'm not saying that that he doesn't deserve that job because I don't know what he did to get it. But this is <laughs> this is his first year. He does not know how to coach Baker Mayfield. He does not know how to coach one of the most talented offenses on paper. That's an important part of that on paper in the NFL. And he's. He, his team is undisciplined. Why is Odell Beckham getting a false start? Why? Just, who knows? It, it uh. makes no sense. And then you have a talented defense. Miles Garrett, God bless his heart, man. He's doing everything he can to keep Cleveland in that game. You got a quarterback that's too short, and all the defensive line has to do is raise their hand over. He can no longer see anybody. Mm-hmm. And then he's he's playing out of the shotgun and still can barely see anybody. It's hilarious, and it's even funnier because of all that damn chest thumping during the, the offseason. Well, do you blame them? Do you see who they picked up? Yes, I like, blame them. Of course you're going to chest bump. No, no, no. Here's the thing, man. You can, looking good on paper, doesn't mean you have to just go out there and, and make an, an uh, adversary out of everyone to talk about Hugh Jackson, who deserved to be talked about, but it, just move on. Just move on. And then Baker Mayfield, you know, took, shot at da- took shots at Daniel Jones, who we're definitely going to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. And then you had um, Odell Beckham, who clearly doesn't want to play there. He's just showing up for work <laughs> to get paid. <laughs> You got all these situations, and then people just penciling them in for the Super Bowl. And I'm like, you still got to play the games, man. One of the uh, ESPN's great uh, sports talking heads, Michael Wilbon, he says this every time they fail. He's like, people just gave them a buy to the Super Bowl. And that's how it felt. See, I didn't feel that way. I just just thought they were going to wreck shop. But it's still it, all. It, the, Baker Mayfield is still young. It's a yes. brand new coach. Like you're not going to gel your first season. You're definitely not even going to gel the first month. We 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 live in a world where the first month of the season barely counts because you don't find out what teams are actually made of until about week eight. As, it, as it stands, as it stands, the Cleveland Browns have lost to the Titans and the Rams. They're supposed to lose to the Rams. <laughs> Listen to me, okay? Look at who they beat. They beat a man with mono, man. They beat the Jets. They beat the Jets, who are bullshit right now. And then Le'Veon Bell, to have the audacity to say, <laughs> the haters you can hate right now, but don't jump on a bandwagon. Bitch, please. It's not going to be a bandwagon. 
That's it. The Jets are done. And no, I'm not calling Le'Veon the bitch. I'm just saying, metaphorically speaking, bitch, please. It's, it's just not going to happen. Oh, yeah. The Jets the Jets were done when the season started. <laughs> Mono yes. or not. Exactly. And that whole division was done the day the, uh, the Patriots started. I mean, Here. that's... A, okay, but here's the other thing. I know you don't think they can beat Baltimore right now. Right? I don't... I wouldn't take the bet, but <laughs> if they beat Baltimore next week, I would be like, see, it takes time. Yeah, well, it's not going to happen. It's, it's too early to be, be all like, oh, Kitchens is shit. It's like, we don't know. Yeah. He's already won more than Hugh Jackson that one year. Oh, God. Everybody can win more than Hugh Jackson in like, both of those years. Like, like when, when, you, when you're completely crawling out of the basement... You don't have to win that many games to, you know, <laughs> to keep your job. Consider it, a, a, you know, a success. They win six games this year. That's the best the Browns have done since what the '87 season. Like, wait, last year didn't they win six, six or seven? Know. Yeah, they won. They went seven nine oh, and one, yeah, 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 which yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah, the right. dumbest record I ever saw. Seven nine <laughs> and one. Who goes seven nine and one in anything? Oh, uh, but okay, so they're not going to beat Baltimore. I don't think they're going to beat the Steelers either. To be no. honest, no. But they can they can beat the 49ers. They can beat the uh, Bengals. They can beat the Broncos. Uh, anybody? Oh, okay. Let's talk about the sadness that's the Broncos. Oh, they are so pitiful. I feel so bad for them because you don't feel bad for them. They could they could have easily had two wins, man. Easily. Don't feel bad for them. They they signed Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> like glutton for punishment did Emmanuel Sanders say something like um, he was like it sucks to be here right now Some it's a world like of that. suck is what he said <laughs> and it's like I think they all felt that way with Joe Flacco aside but now they actually get to say it because you gotta get a man a chance what the Broncos they are a prime example of what happens when you bet your Super Bowl chances on a wash player, which was Peyton Manning. You get this Super Bowl, and, and all the consequences be damned, and now the consequences are here. Now, I, I'm not even. I'm not even going to blame it on that. It is John Elway's fault. You dare to sit here and blame the great John Elway? He's a. He was a fantastic football player. <laughs> He lucked out and he landed Peyton Manning with enough fuel in the tank to win a Super Bowl. I thought you were about to say he lucked out and landed Tim Tebow, which is going to make me cry. <laughs> Tim Tebow should should just be another like check in a long list of things that John Elway <laughs> fucked up. Like, John Elway is bad at player acquisition. Done. Oh, my God, man. And you can't fire him. He's John Elway. He's John Elway. You fire him. It's like firing Eli Manning. If you fire him, everybody will be up in arms like he did all this great stuff. And that's a perfect segue to get to the New York Giants, who can finally breathe again. Uh, no, they can't. They oh, won a game. They won okay. a game. <laughs> they can breathe again because of this. I'm not saying that the man is going to be the next Joe Montana. Hell, I'm not even saying he's going to be the next Michael Vick. 
I'm saying you have something that's worth going to games for. Because Eli Manning, in the past, shit, three or four years that I've watched football, there's only one player I've ever watched for comedic purposes, and it was Eli Manning. I don't know. Jake Cutler was up there for me, but I. Oh, I, I <laughs> <it>. <laughs> hey, did you see what Brandon Marshall finally admitted that Jake Cutler sucked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments in sports history. <laughs> he was talking to Stephen A. Smith. He was like, "Yeah, he was bad, man." Yeah, Jay Cutler was like he was super talented. It's, he he just did not give a fuck about football. <laughs> not one, thing, not one fuck was given about football, man. The I don't care story is still funny to me. Uh, like when I, when I think of Daniel, what's his name? Daniel White guy. Um, <laughs> Dang, you know what Johnson. they're calling him right now? DJ. No, they called him uh, Daniel Dimes off one game, man. Oh my god, like. You know what it reminds me of? That meme where uh, it's it's from Infinity War and it's got Gamora asking Thanos, uh, "Did we did, did we did we get a quarterback?" And he was he's like, "Yes." What did it cost? Saquon Barkley. <laughs> that is awesome, but it is what it costs, man. Like Saquon had to go down to make you see you got a decent shot at doing something here. But you know who he would have looked when the future really would have looked promising with that team if you kept Odell Beckham. Mm. Yeah, it, it, but did, but didn't they use like the draft pick that got them Odell Beckham? I think so, but. Daniel Jones was not supposed to go when he went, though. Let's remember that part, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was not supposed to go there early. They could have stayed wherever they were in the draft and still got Daniel Jones. <laughs> and then you lied and said, oh, no, we didn't sign him just to trade him, referring to Odell Beckham, and then you just got his ass up out of here. Because they've chosen Eli Manning twice over somebody else telling them Eli Manning is washed. It can't play anymore. Now, to be fair, to be fair, they didn't have a replacement. Yeah. It's not. It's not like they benched benched good quarterbacks. Well, here's the thing. We still don't know if Dwayne Haskins was the better pick, and we probably won't know that for a few years. But as of right now, it looks like they made the right pick. Yeah. Just looking at how Daniel Jones played. Now, it, people are, are, I mean, ESPN is talking about he's 1-0 in games where he's down by 18, and Eli's like, <laughs> he's like 0-44, oh, and, and I thought that was funny and a little mean to bring up. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited to see where they go, especially without Saquon Barkley. And if this dude keeps winning... Like, what do you do? Like, what can you say to go against them drafting him at that point? Is he going to be the rookie of the year? I mean, it's entirely possible, oh, but. What? Like, again, yeah. one damn game. It is one game. It's like, one game. And I want to wait and see what he does because I'm somewhere in the middle. Because I like Kyrie looking preseason. Hollywood Brown. Oh, God. Hollywood rookie Brown. of the year. Yeah, after one game, he looked like he was a game-breaker. He's just going to defeat everybody, but here we are. <laughs> so, I want to know your thoughts on uh, the Steelers in San Francisco. 
What do you think of Jimmy G? Is he going to be able to stay healthy or some shit? Uh, if he can stay healthy, I think that the 49ers will be fine. Uh, I think the, 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 the shimmer has kind of worn off. Of G- like that, that, they're in full hangover mode where they, they realize, wait a minute, he was a backup quarterback for how long? For a reason? Yeah. So he's, I would probably say top half of quarterback quality in the, in the league, but he's not anything to write home about. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how I feel about him. I think he's overrated. Uh, he was overrated. I mean, he looked good, but he couldn't stay upright. And that four games that uh, Tom Brady was suspended, didn't he get hurt after the first one? And yes, then everybody, yeah, everybody yeah, was because, like, because "This Jacoby Brissett had to come play." Yeah, and everybody's like, "This guy is God's gift to football." He got hurt after the, and I, I, I couldn't tell because he got hurt fast as fuck. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> what else was there? Uh, but man, he's he's okay. The reason why I don't give them a better chance is because I just don't trust his body. I just don't. Uh, and I, then you have, you're playing the division with the Rams and the Seahawks who just took, who just lost a winnable game. I think the Seahawks are still going to end up with maybe like four losses or so. Maybe five. Uh, but yeah. like, I don't know. I, I just can't of, see it. Both of those teams, like the, that, that kind of game is hard to watch. Just mm-hmm. because you know it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. the 49ers are not good enough to make a, a, a wild card slot in the NFC. The Pittsburgh Steelers are abysmal right now. So, <laughs> they're playing the game just because it's on the schedule. <laughs> they just showed up for work. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Odell Beckham. Okay, I Lunch got the you. Clock, catch some passes, go home. All right, so here's the other team that I watch for comedic purposes now. Now that Eli's gone. The Oakland Raiders. <laughs> I love to see them fail, man. And then, like, failure it looks so Hollywood with them because John Gruden, he just still shows up with this big-ass smile on his face and his country-ass accent. He's like, yo, yeah, everything's all right. You know, I'm still collecting draft picks like I'm Thanos, so it's going to be cool. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> I don't like I don't like him at all <laughs> at all and the Raiders deserve everything coming to them they deserve everything ever since Antonio Brown acted a fool no they've deserved everything since they traded Khalil McAway no it, like them trading Khalil McAway is like that, that that's the what's the word I'm looking for here like that's the uh, fuck ah ah my brain is dead. Um, kind of like the icing on the cake. No, the, the, the okay. like that's the that's what happens when you like when you sign that coach for that long. <laughs> Stupid shit just has to happen. Yeah, it's like look, you signed a deal with the devil. Here's stupid shit for the next 10 years or until you're willing to fire him. Dude, $100 million over 10 years. 10 years, and you got to keep him for at least three years in Las Vegas if you ever move there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think that whole deal was a lie. If you ever <laughs> move. 
starting to think it's fake, man. It's fake news. And the Vikings, they made the Vikings look so good. This Vikings team is going to coach. I mean, he's going to choke. Coach, I don't know why I said that. Anyway, this Viking team is going to oh, choke. Again, another team that doesn't matter. Like, Yeah, they don't. They're the inconsequential. Green Bay has their feet back underneath them. Right. They do. They do. And, like, between Green Bay and the Bears, the Vikings are just going to be pushed right out of the playoffs. Yeah, they are. I mean, even the Lions, <laughs> even the Lions got to look better than the Vikings right now. Just yeah. it, it, it is, yeah. it's comedic. It is very much comedic that they look as good with the freaking time. Speaking of records, I said something about going seven, uh, nine, and one. How the hell does do you go two zero oh, and one? The, I don't know. But the the Lions can The Lions can't even go undefeated correctly. <laughs> Just do something right. And speaking of them, they won 27 to 24 over the Eagles. Another team that just looks like they want to win again, but not that badly. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can stay healthy, man. Nobody. And then Carson Wentz, he goes from sugar to shit real fast. Mm-hmm. He and, and and you know what? And it's completely unfair. I cannot say this enough. It is completely unfair, but it's true. That Super Bowl that Nick Foles won is gonna haunt him until he wins his own. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's gonna. And I mean, no, and he's not gonna win. Just I'm I'm throwing it out there. <laughs> he's not going to win a Super Bowl. It's gonna be so sad, man. Because wait till the fans turn on him and start bringing that shit up. They're gonna have to trade him. It's gonna be like or if he trade for, or trade for Nick Foles. If he, <laughs> come on, Nick. After Gardner Minshew, you know, takes his job away. Obviously, but it's it's so unfair, and I feel bad for Wentz for that because he had an incredible season before he went down that year. Mm-hmm. And here we are, and it looks like it looks like he just can't get back to that. And it's it's sad. It, and look at last year, Nick Foles saved him again. Mm-hmm. He got him to the playoffs. It's yeah. it's it's so crazy, man. Like it's one of those stories I'm gonna look back on and be like, holy shit, man. <laughs> like, how can you be that talented and the guy behind you outplays you? Like Nick Foles' postseason was incredible that year. Oh, it was. It was. He had a he had a very Flacco esque postseason. And he's one of only two quarterbacks that has beaten Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's crazy, man. He's a legend. And when he won it, he instantly became a legend. He'll never have to buy another meal in Philly, no matter where he goes. Seriously. That, yeah, that's true. And uh, and that's a, saying a lot for a sports town that has a statue of a fictional character in Rocky. <laughs> I'm sorry, Philly. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, it, they got a statue of, of Rocky like they don't have actual sports heroes in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know what's crazy? He's going to get a statue, and Wentz very well may not get one. He doesn't He doesn't deserve one. He doesn't. He doesn't. It's getting sad. I'm moving on from this story. <laughs> <laughs> the Buffalo Bills are 3-0 for no reason. Dude, 
I, I'm digging this Buffalo Bills team. Me too. I am, but it's they're not going to go anywhere. They, I, that's I what I'm effort, saying. Man. That's what I'm saying. They're not going to go anywhere, but they're they're nice to look at as far as playing. It's something different. I give yeah. them that, but and in, yeah. a, in a soft AFC, they could they might maybe they could make the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I just don't know what the purpose of the Bengals is anymore. Like, why are they here? They're to be the other orange team. <laughs> in the same division. <laughs> That's terrible. But it's They're, true. They, they, they exist to employ redheaded quarterbacks. Yeah, that's it. They're just here to give people jobs. That's all there is. <laughs> that's all there is to it. Uh, the Cowboys won 31 to 6 against the Dolphins. Uh, Dak Prescott definitely deserves to get paid. They need to make that happen. That's all I have for the Cowboys. The Miami. Oh, no, I, I, no I, have, I have. Oh, God, I have something for the Cowboys. Oh, go ahead. They need to wait as long as they possibly can to find that deal. <laughs> They need, to, they need to be handing him a deal as they're handing him the Lombardi trophy. That, wouldn't that be a great TV moment? <laughs> if they win the Lombardi and then they hand it to Dak Prescott and then Jerry's like, but before we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just Cause, cause like, Dak Prescott is playing like a man who has some bills. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly what he's playing like. He's like, I want to get fucking paid. Get out of my way. I'm going to win the MVP award. He looks like a man possessed. He's playing better than Ezekiel Elliott right now. Yeah, yeah. And Zeke got paid. Right. (laughs) Zeke got paid like, holy shit, I'm glad I did that before you got paid. (laughs) Because he he looks really good. Uh, But... As far as the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> Tua can't get there fast enough, can he? Like, I, I, I get what they're doing, and I kind of <laughs> respect them leaning so hard into tanking. It's such a great effort. Man. Like, I, when they win this season, because you know they're going to fuck up and beat somebody. <laughs> like, it's going to be like they won the Super Bowl down there, and all 17 fans in the in the stands... They're all going to get individual selfies with all of the players. It's going to be a celebration. Man, dude, I've seen some taking-ass teams in my day. All you have to do if you're a player at least worth a damn is ask to leave. <laughs> they're letting you go. They're not even fighting it. They're saying, okay, <laughs> cap space. <laughs> and they... <laughs> Like the Dolphins aren't even shopping anybody. They're like, just tell tell your agent to shop you. We'll just sign on the dotted line. Yeah, just let us know, and yeah, you can go. Don't don't, don't leave anything questionable in your locker. And boy. they are trading people swiftly. Yeah, just leave. Just go ahead, man. We don't need you here. We don't need you. Your desire to win here. Just <laughs> go. <laughs> we don't we don't need you. <laughs> And your desire to be worth a damn in this organization. That's not what we're about this year. And someone on the D-line gets a sack, and I'm like, yes, I'm getting traded tomorrow. It's so funny because (laughs) because everybody wants to leave. Hold on. (laughs) Everybody wants to leave, but the only way to look desirable is to play well. And so you have to play well, which goes against... (laughs) Which goes against what they want to do in order to leave. 
But at the same time, you can't play well enough to win <laughs> because they'll possibly keep you. It is a clusterfuck, man. And it's so funny to watch. I, I have a friend. And he said he was going to take some days off this year. He's a Miami Dolphins fan. He had put in for some days off for marquee matchups. He said he called his manager and said, that's okay. <laughs> That's terrible, man. I just couldn't imagine. But anyway, (laughs) speaking of being a fan of a uh, team that constantly disappoints you, um, I'm a Chargers fan. We lost 27 to 20. I, I, it's ridiculous how many games we should win and lose on some bullshit. Just stupid shit. And it's not like a bad call or anything. At least Saints fans got that going for themselves. Yeah. It's it's just it's a choking mentality. And part of it is I believe the organization stopped giving a fuck when they saw how good Patrick Mahomes was. And they're like, weird no. It's over. That window is closed because we're not getting past that guy. I don't know. I like the thing is, is that it's not like the Chargers have changed much since the, <laughs> since before Patrick Mahomes was a thing. Like, organizations just kind of have a they, – they have a personality. And right now, <laughs> yeah, that's true. the Chargers' personality has been pretty consistent the past six years. And that is, we're going to be good, but we're going to piss everyone off. <laughs> On our way to being On our way okay. to not making the playoffs. It's so sad, and it's such a colossal waste of time sometimes. Like, that lady, you remember last year I picked them to be in the Super Bowl against the Saints? And yep. I, I'm i not going to say I was super close. I was definitely closer with the Saints pick than I was with them. But if there was any year that you were going to get past Tom Brady, last year was it. Yep. And the other time they could have not worried about playing against Tom Brady was that year uh, – that the Jets knocked off the Patriots. And that was a long time ago. Exactly. And I think I can't remember who I want to say the Chargers played against the Baltimore Ravens or something. It was a team they should have beaten. And they were looking ahead to beating the shit out of the Rex Ryan led Jets. And they ended up getting eliminated. Stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just just it's weird how organizations have a personality. They do. Like that's how that's how every single kicker they've ever drafted has just been a shit kicker. <laughs> they like, attract them somehow. It's kind of like Tampa Bay's kickers. They are awful. Yeah. Like how 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 do you pick so many bad kickers? I don't know, man. It's a personality, like you said, it's a personality trait. Clearly, uh, last but certainly not least, um, the Carolina Panthers they overcame the. Arizona Cardinals, who should also be taking, but for some reason won't. Uh, they mm. overcame them thirty-eight to twenty, and they finally got Christian McCaffrey some help for some uh, help out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the I'm surprised. I know it was the I know it was the, the Cardinals, but I'm still surprised the Panthers won. <laughs> if there is any team in the league that is currently floundering, it is them. Yeah. Because they have arguably one of the most talented rosters in the league. And they just can't get out of their own damn way. As much as I give Cam Newton a hard time, I I feel bad for him. That shoulder is clearly 
it's bomb. It's yeah. busted. I really feel bad for it, and I think he should take the year off. But he's dangerously close to heading into Andrew Luck territory. Yeah. And it's sad, quite frankly. It really is sad. He had so much promise coming in, and he could get it all back. Uh, he's already been ruled out for week four. And I think I think he's going to make the decision to sit the year out, which would be a good decision for him. Um because he, he just stays banged up, man. I'd love to see a fresh Cam Newton like his first season in the league. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Hear me out. Hear me out. Go Cam ahead. Newton retires. <laughs> he comes back in the XFL, but not as a quarterback, <laughs> as a tight end. Dominating. Destroyed everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, I'm here for that. But let's talk about something... Uh, that I'm not necessarily here for as we move away from the NFL. Let's talk about a game that we talked about several times um, in our 10 years of uh, podcasting together. And that's this game that's coming up that people are um, so excited about and I think it's going to be not that great. I don't think it's going to be a piece of shit because of who's attached to it, but it's not going to be that great. And that's Death Stranding. Last week, uh, I sent you a video, uh-huh. and it was 59 gameplay mechanics for Death Stranding. And I just sent it, and you were like, oh, shit, yeah, <laughs> when yeah. I sent it to you. What is this? I don't I don't know, man. Like, I play a lot of video games, and I have a lot of patience for bad video games or odd video games. I don't have patience for Japanese nonsense. And that's what this seems like. (laughs) Just 30 hours of unexplainable Japanese nonsense. It's so... What is this? Just what... And I like Hideo Kojima. He is responsible for one of my favorite video games of all time in uh, Metal Gear Solid. It was some weird stuff in that game. It was some weird stuff in Metal Gear Solid too. Mm-hmm. Hell, it's weird stuff in that entire series. It, just why? And to be fair, um, he's a fantastic director. He is. What he did with Castlevania Lords of Shadow, I love it to this day. The way he reinvigorated that franchise. It, it's a great game. It, this is just something just it, it's like he was just bored and he's like I just want to fuck with people and it, why is there a peeing mechanic in this game this why I, I dude I this game lost my attention very quickly yeah like, and I, I, I go ahead I, I watched that video and I was like no oh all of this is just reasons not to play it like it's I, I'm going to go as far as saying it's not going to be good. Like, it's not. It, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say I hope it tanks or whatever. There's a lot of people, you know, making, yeah. trying to make a living making this game. And I hope they find jobs after this game tanks. <laughs> I don't think it's going to tank because he, he got the Kojima the ites out there. Who's just going to buy whatever he puts out. And I'm looking at the comments 
and people are like, oh, this is brilliant. What's brilliant about it? I hate when when there is unnecessarily artsy bullshit out there and people act like other people just don't understand it. It's I understand that the game is about connecting and, you know, pushing forward to, to make society better altogether and all that kind of stuff. I see those things when I look at the trailers and things like that. I do, but it just some of the stuff is just stupid. It's just, and but the, and the best part about it is the survival horror aspect of it that I've seen with the invisible monsters that look like they walk on their hands or something like that. That shit is actually pretty cool. It's that other bullshit. It it looks it looks bogus to me. It really does. This game looks like the equivalent of a bad Kanye West album. There you go. I I can't fight that. That's perfect. That's exactly if you put yeah. Kanye a uh, bad Kanye West album in a form of a video game, you would get Death Stranding. Yeah. And all of this because Konami decided to get rid of Kojima and Silent Hills, which really did look good. Yeah. Yeah. That game looked like it was going to be talking about reinvigorating a, a franchise. That game was going to do that for Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that or it was going to be a colossal disappointment because PT was was like game changing. There, oh, yeah. you know, they, there are developers out there trying to recreate the 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 intense feelings that you get got when playing PT. And that's essentially what Silent Hills is going to be. But it's very possible that they got it right and you know, eight more months of development time would only have broken everything. Cause, <laughs> because because PT is seen as a perfect piece of art. Yeah, it is. You extend that to like 20 hours of gameplay. Suddenly it gets watered down after like hour four and then you're stuck wondering oh shit is this another 16 hours hmm. yeah I think so it's gonna be good it, it, I don't know I, maybe I'm just pessimistic I mean that's kind of your thing though <laughs> yeah it's kind of your thing it, it's nothing wrong with it it's just kind of your thing uh, yeah, yeah. so State of Play is coming up uh, they're gonna be showing off The Last of Us 2 have they announced anything else uh, is Ghost of Shishima going to be there? Oh, that's the one I want to see. And it probably is. Because that demo was cool as shit. Yeah. Uh, do you think they're going to say anything about the PlayStation 5? Because at, like, at this point, they're running out of this generation stuff to talk about. Because all of their developers are working on PlayStation 5 stuff. Man, hell yeah, you may as well. Just go ahead and finish Xbox off, because this is where we're getting at, right? Just go ahead and just put your foot on Microsoft's neck. Microsoft... Uh, it's, it's it's not that simple. It's not nearly that simple. No, I'm not going to... I'm not saying Microsoft is not going to make another Xbox. But yeah, micro, Microsoft is positioning themselves to take over the world very right. quietly. Right, of course. But how many generations has Xbox gotten their asses kicked now? Um, technically gotten their asses kicked two out of three. Yeah. And yeah. this, the current one is really rough. <laughs> it's really, it is, it's it really, really rough, rough, man. Yeah. Like 
this one, it's it's like they're running laps around them. And when all this fails, we know we're getting another Gears of War and another Halo. I called a new Gears of War years ago when they were trying to kind of play it up like this might be the last one. I said, there's no fucking way because you did that with Gears of War 3. When all else fails, they call up another Gears of War game and they do the same thing with Halo. And it, it, there has to be somebody out there with something else. Well, like Microsoft bought like five studios or I think it was seven studios in in a year's time because they realized they have no they have nothing when it comes to uh, exclusives. Yeah, they have no internal studios making anything other than Forza, Halo and Gears. Right. Three AAA franchises, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And and while those games are great. They're not going to move consoles like all of the the, 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 the Sony exclusives. Mm-hmm. They've hired all these new studios. They have not announced a dick when it comes to what's gonna, what those people are making. Yep. They're building a new console. They're strengthening their their um, their services package uh, when it comes to like Game Pass and Game Pass on PC. They're one hundred percent on board with uh, crossplay. They are releasing games on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> like Microsoft, they—they've taken the 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 they're—they're uh, they're basically what's it in, in in golf when you hit it in the water? <laughs> they're oh. taking a mulligan on this generation. They're like, you know what? Fuck it. We're <laughs> taking a we'll knee. We'll get you next time. Yeah, they are taking, taking a knee. Like, hey, all right, we're gonna we're gonna bow out of this one. But next time, you better be ready. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, and Sony's coming at this next generation with, well, it's gonna be named PlayStation. Yep, and that's and, all you need to know. And uh, we're still kind of fuzzy on this crossplay thing. We don't quote unquote trust you, so uh, please buy our stuff. Like, <laughs> micro- going into the next generation, Microsoft is in a better position. It all is in the execution at that point. It's execution. That's the thing. You can have an awesome plan. They had a good plan with the, the um, Xbox One having to constantly Ooh, be connected. They didn't they had a, they had a decent plan? It was some foresight there. Come on, man. They were trying like, to do something they were, new. They, they were, just chose the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like they, they looked at every single gamer and said, "Hey, you like TV? <laughs> oh, hey, we see those Netflix numbers. We see those. We we know that fifty percent of the time you have this thing on your plan, Netflix. Oh, damn, which is what embarrassing. If, what if you had to be connected all the time? That is embarrassing. That your your system is a glorified Netflix machine. Yeah, yeah. That's so, embarrassing. And, but the thing is, is all the people who were there when at the launch of the Xbox One, mm-hmm. gone. All of them. Yeah. They, they've completely clean shop. Brand new set of people running Xbox. I'm excited for the new consoles because I'm excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, me too. Me but too as for it, Sony, uh, it's state of play. I have no clue what they're going to show. Yeah, nobody does. Nobody, all we know about is Last of Us 2, and that, of course, is going to be the headliner, but I'm interested to see it, uh, what else they're going to have to show. Uh, and as far as this generation, it was pretty much over when, when God of War came out and the, the love and adoration that that game got. That was it. Okay. <laughs> like as far as Xbox and video games, they're like, uh, we still got Gears of War coming. We know it's the other G O W, but 
Yeah, we're sorry. And we're going to try to do better next time. So, But, uh, man, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Where can they find you? Oh, Reality Breached. That's where they can find me. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of the, the Rebreed guy. Um, we do podcasts over there. It's where this one will be hosted. So, yeah. Aha. Uh, <laughs> mm. we, we just did our, our, our big event, the Keanu Sans, where we just... What? The Keanu Sans. It's when we, we watched, like... 18 Keanu Reeves movies and recorded a two like a two part episode like trashing them and praising them and talking about how good or bad Keanu is we even went as far as we graded each movie with a uh, like a number of woes one to five uh, you know what that's a great grading scale for him yeah. Whoa. so with that being said no, you know what? I'm not gonna get you to spoil the episode. I'm gonna go on there. <laughs> I just want you to know there's better not being the John Wick slander. Uh, well, I'm gonna let you have to listen to that to find oh, out. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they can catch you on Facebook, right? At Reality Breach. Yes, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on, we're on RealityBreach.com. Um, if, if, if reach out if you want to talk to us download us we're on all of the major podcast platforms anywhere you can find the unapologetic experience you can find reality breached that was a great plug mm-hmm. amazing plug and of course i'm your host jarius the unapologetic geek stay tuned after this next message which is more than likely going to be a shellheads advertisement because <laughs> i really love that commercial and come back for my closing thoughts and parting shots peace Hey guys, it's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreached.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the Warp Zone Arcade joins me to binge watch and power read through a comprehensive library of TMNT fandom. Check Shellheads out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more details, visit realitybreached.com. to the unapologetic experience I'm just about to get ready to get up out of here but I got a couple things I want to talk about before I, I dip out um, at the time we recorded it uh, the PlayStation State of Play show uh, hadn't come out so you may have heard uh, Sergio and I talk a little bit about that show uh, it since has passed and yeah they did reveal um, uh, what's the name oh Last of Us 2 my bad <laughs> they did reveal Last of Us 2 some new gameplay. It really was a story trailer. Looks like Ellie is going to be uh, seeking revenge uh, for a fallen love interest. And it looks really cool. Like, it, it, Naughty Dog, I can't say enough how much I love their games. Uh, the Uncharted series is a high point in my gaming lifetime. And 
Uncharted 2 is still in my top 10 as far as best games I've ever played. So I, I, I never got into The Last of Us, but one of my best friends, um, who I always shout out on the show, DJ Lil Walk, he loves it. I mean, he was losing his shit. And I see, I saw a lot of uh, people on the internet at large, really, just losing their shit over the new gameplay that was revealed. So, yeah, that's coming out. It's coming out on February 21st of 2020. So, uh, moving on from that, a couple episodes ago, I talked about Nicki Minaj supposedly retiring. I believe I said on that episode, we'll see how long this lasts because rappers don't really retire, blah, blah, blah. Nicki didn't even retire long enough for it even to... I mean, she didn't give anybody a chance to miss her. She dropped a new single uh, she, after we did the episode as well, maybe a day or so after... Uh, Sergio and I did this portion of uh, did our portion of this episode and so she's already back and I don't know man like it seems like when Cardi B came out and everybody showed Cardi B love something in Nicki Minaj changed she became bitter and not because of Cardi B per se but I think it's the way the fans and the media gravitated toward Cardi B and they didn't gravitate toward her as much anymore and it just gave her her this enormous chip and she did pave the way for a lot of female uh, hip hop artists but I don't think she feels like she got her just due or her just desserts for being uh, the type of pioneer that she is but a lot of people can say Lil' Kim felt the same way when Nicki Minaj was getting all those props and everything and people kind of moved on from her in the hip-hop community. So it's a revolving cycle and it's just always funny uh, how normally the media and fans pick female uh, rap artists or female hip-hop artists against each other and now we're in an era where it looks like all of these female hip-hop artists are getting along from Meg Thee Stallion to, uh, to Lizzo who is breaking records that neither Nicki nor Cardi has broken and to just other like Rhapsody and other um, female hip-hop artists they're just getting a lot of love now and you don't see that competition as much anymore uh, but it still exists, of course, between Cardi and Nicki Minaj, and that's kind of what you need in hip-hop anyway. Uh, hip-hop is always at its best when, you know, you got people going at each other. But it's just, Nicki just changed with the emergence of Cardi. Just my personal opinion. And it's just, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll have to see how everything plays out from this point forward, but... Moving on from that, I have a little bit more uh, sports news to get to. Bleacher Report released their top 50 players in NBA history. And, I mean, of course, uh, I think the top five consists of Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's the top five that a lot of people aren't going to argue with. It's the rest of the list that's raising hell online and Steph Curry came in at number 10 and Kobe Bryant came in at like number 14 and Kevin Durant at number 15. People still don't like or fake dislike Kevin Durant or whatever but Kobe fans are losing their fucking minds because he's not in the top five like they think he is. Listen, I love Kobe. Grew up loving Kobe. Grew up loving his play style. Even though it was inefficient basketball, I grew up loving this play style, and I 
grew up loving his will to win. But I'm not mad at this. I'm not mad at this simply because Kobe Bryant uh, and people, you know, the further they get removed, they kind of forget this. I'm not going to say he rode the coattails of Shaq um, to those first three championships they won together, but I am going to say Shaq was a bigger part of that equation than Kobe was. Of course, Kobe came later on and he won two championships of his own and he got his two MVPs, and that's cool. But the truth of the matter is, I'm just going to say it, Kobe is not in the same stratosphere as Michael Jordan, and to a lesser degree, he's not really in the same stratosphere as LeBron James as far as impact and as far as records and the things that he's done. They're not, they're not comparable. And a lot of Kobe fans kind of need to realize that. And it's okay. He's still an all-time great. Don't get it wrong. But I'm not mad at him not being in the top 10. What's even crazier than that is, and I mean crazy because it's funny to me because I'm a big critic of both of these players, uh, but I respect their games. Tracy McGrady and Carmelo Anthony didn't make the top 50 list at all. And that's fucking hilarious to me. It's disrespectful because you got other players on there like Chris Mullen that made it, who easily is not as good as neither Tracy McGrady nor Carmelo Anthony. But it's it's a testament of two things. One, Tracy McGrady, yes, he got into the Hall of Fame. Yes, he had an impressive career. But people need to come to the realization that Tracy McGrady gets so much love based on what fans feel he could have been had he been healthy his whole career. And even Tracy McGrady on his commentary when he's talking about his uh, his career, he even kind of alludes to that, like, if I was healthy, I would have done this and I would have done that and I would have won these championships and and so far, so, uh, so on and so forth. And the other thing that's a testament to is the continuing downward spiral of Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo is one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. But his refusal to play defense and seemingly his refusal to go and get a championship has really come back to haunt him in terms of uh, really the media, the NBA, and fans. And as much as people want to take up for him when you just started start listing off things that Carmelo has done and didn't against things he didn't do, it's kind of hard to hold up for him if you're a fan of him in a debate. Especially when you look at his contemporaries like uh Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and see what they did uh, during their career. And I don't know, man, I I kind of feel bad for Melo. I do. And then him being out of the NBA completely, like, I, I don't agree with that. Like, he's better than a lot of players that still play, but it comes down to analytics. It comes down to efficiency, and the analytics and efficiency analysis, they all say that you're not playing your best basketball with Carmelo Anthony on the court. And, shit, that's, that's sad, man. That's sad when you think about it. But anyway... Another special thanks to Sergio for coming on, for uh, joining me for this episode. I appreciate his insight. Go check him out on Reality Breach, available pretty much everywhere you can download a podcast. 
Uh, also, go and check out my brothers under the Reality Breach umbrella, um, the Black Pocket Podcast. That's always great. It's always like back porch barbershop talk. That's the best way to to describe it. Uh, as you heard earlier in the ad, uh, go follow Black With No Chaser there on Facebook at Black With No Chaser. Also on Twitter and on Instagram. Check them out. It's basically Black CNN. I love it. I write for them sometimes and it's just always a good time with those guys. Also, shout out to uh, the Off Topic Podcast uh, where Leslie... Uh, AD and myself, we all just talk about shit we see on social media. People just wilding out on social media and all these hot takes. We get off some hot takes. We talk about other hot takes. It's check us out. We're on SoundCloud at the Black Excellence and Ignorance um, SoundCloud page, and you'll see you know several episodes of Off Topic. Of course, shout out to my resident DJ, DJ Lil Walt. Check him out on SoundCloud at DJ Lil Walt. Shout out to the maestro of my madness, Dunchy Did It. Check him out on SoundCloud at Dunchy Did It. Check out his beats. He's fantastic. The man is a fucking genius. Last but not least, check me out on Instagram at the unapologetic. Huh. What is my Instagram name? Up. Yeah, at the unapologetic exp on Instagram, I just be posting all kinds of shit that I see all the time. As always, check me out on the Facebook page, forty-one thousand plus strong at this point. Uh, at the unapologetic geek. Lastly, but not leastly, if that's a word, is leastly a word? Now, who knows? Check me out on the next episode. Like, share, and rate my podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think it's on Google Music as well, Spotify, Stitcher. We're going to be returning to SoundCloud really soon, so I'm excited about that. With that being said, I am Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek. This has been an Unapologetic Experience, and I am out. Peace. Peace.